You are listening to audio from Redeemer Church in Tomball, Texas. To find out more information about our church, visit us at makingmuchofjesus.org. Amen. I'll ask you to please take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 121, or there on your device, or in a, a pew Bible there on the ground next to you. And as we look at Psalm 121, it really brings to mind our, our lives and where you've been, what you've gone through, what you haven't gone through, and maybe even what's going on in your life today. Psalm 121 is a real help to us. Because I really do believe, beloved, that if you can integrate the promises of, of Psalm 121 into your life, and, and you pray them, and you believe them, and you move forward with them, I think you will find a supernatural change can really occur deep down in the central computing core of your entire life. And, and you will live differently. So as we do every week, if you're able, let's stand together for the reading of God's word. And if, you're, if you are looking for seats, I know there's some up here at the front, there's, there's some also in, 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 the, in the back, but yeah, you guys go ahead and come on up. Psalm 121, and let's, let's listen to hear what our Lord tells us through the psalmist by the power of the Spirit, beginning in verse one. He says, I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter at right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and going, both now and forever. Let's pray together. Holy Father, help us now. Where will our help come from? You. Help me now. Help the church now to hear your word. Help those here who do not know you, what they find their greatest need and their great helplessness met in you. Help us, King Jesus, and it's in your name we pray, amen. You may be seated. You know, I'm not, I'm not an old pastor by, by any means, but I am old enough to remember back when people had to make a mixtape. And I know you remember this. The kids today, they have it so wonderful. The technology is amazing. Spotify and Apple Music and all this kind of stuff. But back in my day, you had a little cassette and you had your cassette player and it's blank and you put it in the radio and you would steal your favorite songs when they came on the radio. And you just hit record. Uh, and I didn't think about it. Like, yeah, I really was stealing until yesterday when I thought about it. It's like, Lord, forgive me for all the songs I stole. You didn't have Napster or any of that kind of stuff. LimeWire, it was just cassette tape. 
And now today you've got playlists on all these music programs. You know? So we have a party playlist when people come over, whether we're grilling or swimming or doing whatever. It's, it's a great list from, from Johnny Cash to Adele to the Beatles. It's got all kinds of great music on it. And my son Oliver, he has his own list. When I take him to school, hey, buddy, what do you want to listen to? You know, I know. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, that's what we're going to listen to. Are you sure you don't want to listen to Led Zeppelin or anything else? You know, just want to, <laughs> nope, Mickey Mouse. All right, Mickey Mouse it is. And we have our worship song playlist. Uh, I listen to usually in the mornings. It's got songs that we do here and, and older worship songs as well. The point is that we have music for occasions. And guys, Psalm 121 is a music, is a song, is music for an occasion. You can see it. Look at your Bible. I'm preaching on the Christian Standard Bible, but most Bibles have this. Psalm 121, the Lord our protector, and then right there in this little script, a song of ascents. What these songs are, it's, it's a section of the Psalms and the people's playlist when they made their trip up to Jerusalem from all around Israel, and they would travel up to Jerusalem for these feasts and holy days. You'd make this multiple day journey, sometimes longer for some people, and they would head for these giant moments, and Psalm 121 is one of the songs on the playlist that they'd sing. They'd sing as they traveled, they'd hum it to themselves, and maybe they'd just kind of sing it quietly as they hit their feet on, or hit their fingers on the steering wheel or on the reins of their camel, whatever it was. They would sing this song on the way. And look at how this song begins. This is why this song is so instructive for us as we are on our way to the new Jerusalem, as we are on our way journeying with God. Here's how it begins, verse one. I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? What he's doing right here is what we all must do. And this is, this is what it basically means to be a Christian. How it starts. We admit our need for help. As the follower of God is making his journey to Jerusalem, he's admitting something. I need help. How will I get through this? When you'd make this kind of journey from anywhere in Israel to Jerusalem, you could encounter serious problems from robbers, kidnappers, murderers, the danger everywhere. So he looks at all this danger and is saying, where will my help come from? And now there's really three ways to look at this, this danger, to look to the looking at these mountains. There's three ways to look at it. First is, I'm looking at this mountain, which would typically be not like Mount Everest or those kinds of things. We're thinking large hills looking at these hills, looking at these steep cliffs and wondering, are there murderers on the other side of this hill? I'm walking with my family, walking with my kids. I'm walking to Jerusalem. Are we going to be robbed on the other side of this hill? Where's my help going to come from? The second way to think about this looking to the hills is, okay, there's danger all around me, but maybe if I look at those mountains, maybe if I can make it to that city, that city on a hill, Maybe I can make it up to that fortress and I'll be safe. Maybe that's where my help will come from. And the third way I think kind of brings all of these together is, is I'm looking at the hill. I'm seeing there's potential danger. I'm looking at this hill. Maybe there is potential safety. And I'm looking beyond it and going, where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Notice the psalm writer is addressing his need on his pilgrimage, his journey. I see my problem. Maybe it's that first hill. I see a potential help in this second hill. 
but then he lifts his eyes, and I know where my help will come from. So here's what we need to see right, right out of the front. His point in his lifting his eyes and just asking, where will my help come from? He is showing us, I will not sink in on myself. Just by admitting his need for help, by wondering where will my help, from, my help come from, he's not sinking in. He's crucifying all self-reliance. Where will my help come from? And what a lot of us Christians in the Bible Belt must do daily as we pick up our cross and follow Christ is to crucify our self-reliance. Self-reliance is sabotage. You become your own saboteur if you think you can make it all on your own. Have you addressed your need for help? And what is it that you need help with? In your life right now, plaguing you, bothering you, worrying you, causing you sleeplessness. This psalm isn't meant to only be used in these journeys from, from Galilee to Jerusalem or from, from the northern kingdom down to Jerusalem. That, that's some of these only times these were to be used. There are examples of the kind of thinking we are to have in our entire pilgrimage through our lives with God as we head towards the new Jerusalem, as we walk with Christ in this newness of life. When you pick up your cross daily and follow him, Every single day, Psalm 121 is filled with truths for this playlist, for this moment, for this occasion. And that's why John Bunyan wrote this amazing book called The Pilgrim's Progress. His famous story highlights this reality. The main character, Christian, is us on a pilgrimage headed towards the heavenly city. And he encounters all kinds of difficulties and he needs help along the way. All kinds of different burdens, all kinds of different temptations, all kinds of different things come at him and he seeks help and help. This is you and me as we head towards the heavenly city. You know, there are times when I admire the complete borderline annoying helplessness of my children. They say I need help more than anything else. I need help opening this. I need help reaching this. I need help flushing the toilet. No, you don't. I need help beating this level on Mario. No, you got to do it yourself. You got to grow up. Beat the level on your own. See, but as adults, we can look at the helplessness of kids and think it's just a childish condition that they need to grow out of. But what we forget is that helplessness is a human condition. Helplessness isn't just a childish condition. Helplessness is a human condition. Something we never grow out of. Because there are times in your life when you will be helpless, and maybe you are helpless now, and you are wondering, where will my help come from? So what are you going through now? Are you on your way out of, or are you realize it is barreling towards me, and I need help? And I just wrote down a list of things that I could think of, knowing that have gone on in our own body, and that, that have gone on, are going on, and will go on. Chronic pain. It just plagues over and over and over again. Suffering, grief, maybe a trial at work, conflict with a colleague or a family member, 
maybe even a fellow Christian. Uncertainty and decisions that, that need to be made and you need help. Temptations and sin, and worry, and addictions. And sometimes we always gravitate towards the kind of um, negative, heavy, burden kind of things. We forget we need help with the positive, God-glorifying things like serving others, loving others in the local church, serving in your small group, using your gifts that the Spirit has given you for ministry and missions and evangelism and repenting of sins and and confessing and, and just praying and reading your Bible and loving others. These are all occasions for needing help. And we're delusional if we think we can do it on our own. So where will our help come from? For all these moments where help is needed, there there is one supernatural source for all of them. From from chronic pain to serving in the children's ministry at Redeemer Kids, there is a singular supernatural source of help for them all. The Lord is our help. Verse two. My help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. So as he wonders, will I be, as this pilgrim wonders, will I be robbed on this journey? Will I be attacked? Is there help on this other hill? The Lord is my help. This is a sweet and precious promise that will change your life. Grab this promise. Where does my help come from? From God. Friends, this truth is this truth is why I am able to get up here week after week and preach. Not because I went to seminary. Not because I've read some books. Not because I read the Bible a lot this week. Not because I read some, some books about this passage. Not because of any of that. Because my help comes from God. Even on, Especially after a week like this, when my, like my kids are just traded off throwing up all week. And then I got sick. And then one decided to get sick again. And then the rockets lost. It just kept like compounding. <laughs> up late, riding, studying, kid throwing up again from a sip of water. I mean, all kinds of stuff. But you know what? I just sat there and was like, you know what I'm preaching on? My help comes from the Lord. Maker of heaven and earth. Do you see the credentials that are mentioned here? The resume qualifications for God being able to help you? Is God really able to help my situation? Let's see. My help comes from the Lord. I know it's nice Christian sentiment. The maker of heaven and earth. Can he really help me? Credentials. Maker of heaven and earth. Okay. Yeah. The maker of everything. He is our help. When we have large large thoughts of God, we develop a large dependency on God. When we have small thoughts of God, we have small dependency on him. Can you really help me? Is he really able to assist me, care for me? So you envision this pilgrim walking through the valley and there's this large hill on his left And he's wondering, fearful, there could be a band of robbers, or we could be kidnapped, we could have everything stolen. Maybe I should turn back. I'll go to Jerusalem next year. Now's just not a good time. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. 
Whatever I face, fight or not, I will be faithful and walk. He's with me. You can apply this in a thousand ways to the Christian life. Maybe God is moving your heart to go to the nations, to go to unreached peoples, to share the gospel with them, to maybe plant a church. And how will you do that? You gotta sell stuff, you gotta you have kids, you have a job, you have you have immigration papers, you've got green cards, you've got all kinds of stuff to fill out, you've got grandparents, you've got your kids, your parents, their grandparents, it's language school, so much difficult ministry. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Maybe you're finally going to share the gospel with that friend. You finally worked up the courage. You're gonna tell them about Jesus dying for their sins and rising again from the dead and they can have eternal life with him and he will forgive them and welcome them into eternity. And you're there, but you're starting to get nervous. Oh, I don't know. I might botch it. I might be unfaithful. I better talk to one of my pastors first. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Maybe you're repenting of this one sin and you don't want to do it anymore. You're taking it a day at a time, but you're getting worried. You're feeling tempted. My help comes from the Lord. They made the strain in the home, your marriage or her parenting. What do I do? I just, I'm not at my wits end. I don't know what to do. My help comes from the Lord. You see how powerful this is. If you believe this verse, your life will change. Your joy and your confidence and your maturity and your growth, because you are crucifying self-reliance and going Godward. Now, this doesn't mean that Christian friends and sermons and books and counselors and family, those aren't good sources of help. They they are, and they are gifts from God, blessings from him. There are all kinds of help available to us. So I'm not saying don't, you know, just pray it away or whatever. Advil works great for headaches. We're not saying, oh, God's going to help me with this headache. Yes, he made Advil, water. He made all kinds of things. God is telling us here, on your pilgrimage, on your journey with him to the new Jerusalem, remember where your help ultimately comes from. Verse two, the maker of heaven and earth. That's gotta be the most baffling part about this. First, that God isn't delegating his help out to some lower level assistant bottom tier angel in heaven. Ah, Metters is ringing again. Hey, would you put down your uh, broom and uh, go help Jeff out? Thanks. Not happening in heaven. The Lord himself, the maker of heaven and earth, is making himself available to you. As Peter promises in 1 Peter 5, when he says, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will, look, himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you've suffered a little while. Himself not delegated, God himself will restore, strengthen, support you. Do you take him up on it enough? You know, titles like maker of heaven and earth, big titles, they're often meant to impress us. Founder, CEO, they're meant to impress us and help us realize how unavailable this person is to us. Uh, the, the bigger the title, the more unavailable the person is to regular people like us. Like you, if you got a bad drink at Starbucks, 
You can't call up Starbucks and go, I need to talk to Howard Schultz, please. You're not going to be able to talk to him, CEO, founder. It's not happening. Your, your Apple computer is messing up. Your Windows computer is definitely messing up. You can't call. You can't call Bill Gates and be like, Bill, I got a problem, man. You can't reach him. So when you see the Lord's title, the maker of heaven and earth, the founder of every living thing, the giver of the oxygen you are breathing, it's not meant to make you go, I better not bug him. Just the opposite. It's meant to draw you in. He, the maker of heaven and earth, he will help me. Yes. So you go to him. And here's how you go to him. This is how you apply the promise and how you pray this verse. Lord, help me. Knowing my help comes from you, I'm asking you based on the promise of Psalm 121, help me. You can apply this in 10,000 ways in your life. I want to forgive this person. I'm struggling. I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know how. God help me. My child is very difficult to discipline right now, Lord. I, I don't know. Lord, help me. I'm tempted to sin again in this way, and I don't want to do it, God, but it's so, so much pressure. It's just, it feels so alluring. So, Lord, help me. I want to serve, but I, I want to evangelize. I, I feel so weak. I'm not smart. I, I just don't know enough verses, I feel like. Jesus, help me. And I want to encourage you to pray it out loud when you can. And here's why. They sang this out loud. So you say it out loud. They vocalize it, sang it. Get it out there. Get it out there so you can hear it. Because I think if we can't even say this out loud, we probably don't even really believe it. Ah, it feels too cheesy. Not to them. Not to Jesus. Say it out loud. And also say it out loud so the demonic powers can hear you calling on the maker of heaven and earth. As Ephesians 2 tells us that the prince of the power of the air and his demonic powers swirl about in this world, tempting us. As the devil himself prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And when they are tempting you, wanting to bring you in to sin, you sing this song, you pray it out loud, Jesus, help me. Let the demonic powers hear, I am calling on your destroyer. So why don't you just go ahead and leave? And when you pray it, you believe it. And then you move forward by faith. And this is a great disconnect in the Bible Belt. We, we know some great truth, but then we don't put it into action. So you have to believe the Lord is my help. My help comes from him. And then you move forward. They're singing the song as they are still moving forward. They're not singing it standing still. They're singing it going forward to Jerusalem. Trusting and going. Faith moves forward. I'll give an example, okay? I totally believe this in, in preaching. My help comes from the Lord. So if I pray this on a Sunday, which I do almost every Sunday, 
as I'm almost walking it up, sometimes I just say it quickly to myself, out loud praying, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. While Kevin's praying, Lord, help me. If I'm sitting on the front row and I just pray, okay, Lord, help me, I still have to walk up here. He's not going to just put me up here. I have to move my muscles. I have to open my mouth. I have to open the book. I have to study. I have to write. I still have to do things. Faith takes you forward. I come up here trusting he is going to help me in some way, shape, or fashion. So do not just pray this and then not move forward. It takes both. So you can't just pray, Lord, help my marriage, and then not do anything about it. You've got to put faith into action. Take the steps. You can't be like, man, I've been praying that God would help me evangelize, but I don't know what's happening. I just, I don't know. It's just times aren't there. They're everywhere. You have to speak. You have to talk. You have to get out there. Faith moves you forward. That's what you see in verse three. He will not allow your foot to slip. Why? They're still moving forward. Keep going. You won't slip. Your protector will not slumber. God is not weak. He never gets depleted. He will help you. Verse four. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. He is never depleted. The Lord protects you. This is where it can get really sketchy among some professing Christians. And they misapply this. My help comes from God. I can never fail. This means everything will always be perfect for me. No sickness, no pain, no financial strain. It's always going to be great. I'm blessed and highly favored. Way wrong. That is not the Christian life. Those are satanic lies. The truth here is that through the sickness, through the pain, Through the difficulties, the Lord helps us through them. The Lord doesn't just help us avoid them like some cosmic game of minesweeper. The Lord brings us through them. Psalm 23 says, even as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not around it. A lot of us wish it said, the Lord takes me around the valley of the shadow of death. No, he brings us through it. And we will fear no evil. For his rod and his staff, they comfort me. The psalmist's point, when he says your foot will not slip, means you will make it to your destination. You will ma- if you are a Christian, listen, you will make it to the new Jerusalem. You won't slip into destruction with him as your help. And life is filled with slips and harm and pain and difficulty We see that in the lives of Christians in our church and throughout church history. Sufferings, cancer, illness, Christians being martyred and tortured. So is this psalm not true then? Like verses seven and eight, the Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. Like right now, there's a a Christian pastor imprisoned in Turkey on charges of espionage doing ministry. So this is not true? There's a real key to this. Verse eight. The Lord will protect your coming and going. You see their journey to Jerusalem and back as they sang these psalms of ascents. 
both now, and here's the key, and forever. Your pilgrimage to Zion, to the new Jerusalem, to eternal life, to the new earth, to the resurrection of the dead, now and forever. The Lord is your help. He will protect you. He is your shelter. And, and, and here's why. Here's why this psalm is true. And here's why the Lord is our help, why the Lord is our protector, why the Lord is our shield, and why he protects our coming and going both now and for 10 trillion years from now. Because not only do we lift our eyes up to a mountain, but Jesus put his eyes on a mountain, on a hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull. And there he would be crucified for our sins. And he was headed there the second he came to earth and the Bible says that he had his face set like flint to go to that hill and to die. The maker of heaven and earth, Jesus, the very God of very God, the son of God himself died on a hill for our sins. And he did not slip off that cross. His feet were nailed to it and they pulled a corpse down. He never slipped in his life. He never sinned. He never detoured from his pilgrimage to the cross to pay for our sins. But he did slip and he did plunge into the wrath of God to pay for our sins. He gave up his life to protect ours. And when you believe he paid for your sins, but you can believe today, the righteousness of Christ becomes a shield around you. The Lord is a shelter by your side. His righteousness now is your shield. And no enemies of the evil one, no accusations of the law, nothing can get to you now because the Lord is your shelter. And so we look at a hill. We lift our eyes up to a mountain, Mount Calvary. And we see Christ on a cross. So how do I know he is my help? He paid for my sins. How do I know he's my help now and forever? He secured my eternity. How do I know he's my help to turn from sin and to, to defeat temptations of the evil one? Because he did it for me. And his life is now mine. So he is my help. And when I'm united to him by faith, his death and his resurrection, his resurrection power is all mine, as Paul says in Galatians 2.20, that I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. He is my help. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith. That the maker of heaven and earth is my help. The son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How will we have help in conflict in our lives? Christ, who tore down the dividing wall of hostility and brings us together in one body. How will I find help in temptation? Christ, who defeated Satan in the wilderness for 40 days for us. Not just showing us, hey, quote Bible verses, it's how you defeat temptation, but I defeated it for you. Trust me. How will we find help in serving and dying to our selfishness, Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as something to be exploited, 
but humbled himself, becoming the, becoming in the likeness of a servant to the point of death, even death on a cross, have this mind among ourselves. And his death and his resurrection is now our help today, this moment. And St. Patrick is known, should be known for a lot more than green and lots of green beverages. St. Patrick captured how Christ is our help. And a hymn and a song, a poem he wrote, when it says, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me. Where did my help come from? You can hear it. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ within me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ at my right, Christ at my left. It's all Christ. He is our help. So add Psalm 121 to your mixtape of prayers and songs. And just add these three words to your prayer list. Lord, help me. Whatever it is, Lord, help me. Let's pray together. Thank you for listening. To find out more information about our church, visit us at makingmuchofjesus.org.